<laughs> that was clean though. I like that. Wait, wait. <laughs> I choked. I you choked didn't then. choke. That was excellent. Welcome to the Euphoria Podcast. That was clean. That beautiful violin intro provided by none other than yeah. Excel top laner Oda Wamne. <laughs> Bass violin enjoyer. Um, yeah, well, it, was a, it was a little bit of a choke, but... Um, it'll take a set to reset your mic position here. Yeah. yeah. Round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause for the man himself. Thank you. So, thank how, you. how long have you been playing violin now? I know this is a skill that people talked about you having, but this the, we're we're blessed to be the first yeah. people to actually see you perform. Yeah, I I I didn't show it to to anyone. I mean, uh, my chat and people always ask me to play something for them. But yeah. I guess you guys are two very special people in my life, so you guys deserved it. You know. Thank you. Oh my but God. I've been uh, playing to. I think close to two years now, maybe a little bit over two years. Yeah. Having lessons for, I think, a year now. Nice. And yeah, I mean, I think it was in Rogue, my first year at Rogue, towards the end of the summer split, that's when I started. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's around two years now. I can see it already. I can see it already. Like Odo's back in a final, you know, he's like doing the opening performance with a gin mask on and no one knows who it is and he's like <laughs> and playing the violin and, and it's Odo and then like they're introducing the teams but the top player is missing and he just takes <laughs> off you... his mask and it's, he just stands goes over to his team can you imagine the mental game if Odo's up there playing violin takes off a gin mask and then you have to do your intro after Odo Wamne like the oh, mental you mean like the walk-in yeah, stuff yeah imagine you're like who's ever playing against Wonder mm. or Wonder Odo who's ever playing against Odo yeah. and you're just like did he really just play violin live on stage? Yeah, I think that, like, there's only one the person. The crowd's kind of going to be <laughs> on Odo's it, side. Yeah, it's like, it's like what Juan does for G2, but like next level, you know? When mm -hmm. he's yeah, just yeah, sitting yeah. there as a as a Giga Chad, you yeah. know, just uh, being intimidating and all of that stuff. It just ripped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then if, having someone play it, then it's like next level. So that's that's the next level the, mental the warfare. Only, the, dream. the only person who could compete with that, I think, is Boaster. You know, like on terms of like walkouts, that he's like the sickest walkout person that's true in esports probably we do have there is a pressure to up our walkout game as yeah, Valorant seems to pass us so. really yeah i mean i haven't seen what bolster does or like how it looks in valorant but uh yeah we're still in the primitive times here with our with our walkouts everyone's um they're learning but we don't have as many walkouts pose. do we no not anymore we no. used to have them in in winter we used to have more walkouts but now we then we kind of overdid it where we were walking out on every single game and we were yeah. like yeah. wow LPL for the fourth time this week, <laughs> Excel. It was L like, all right, yeah. sick. Yeah. LPL still does the walkouts, but I think it's because their their teams are so separated. Like they play once every week or something. The yeah. teams, so so maybe. And not. you're anyway. also in a different venue. No, aren't they still doing the thing where they're? Uh... They have like hometown regions. I think. Yeah. Like yeah, certain so teams have certain stadiums. Bro, I can't keep up. The LPL is like on another. It's, level. Crazy. it's I, crazy. Even I can't keep up there. But there are stadiums in like Shanghai and stuff for certain teams, and you go and play in their home turf but then everything stuff. feels fresh because when you do walkouts it doesn't feel like you did walk out in the same yeah. studio a hundred times you know i do yeah. think they go through different studios yeah but the studio looks the studios look similar but they're in different venues like yeah. locations but yeah gotta step up our walkout game walkout game content but respect to you Otto. thanks for one performing i know that's probably anxiety inducing <laughs> yeah i mean uh it, there was a little bit of choking involved but uh i mean, I mean you did it it's done yeah. You know, I'm I'm glad you did it. Thank you for doing it, and yeah. I think it's uh, it's sick. 
I think most people start a musical instrument when they're like really young or they never start. And like, I feel like that's so yeah, sad because I, mean, I think there's so many people who would want to play I one. I was never really into, into music or anything. I was anti-talent when it comes to it. I didn't have musical ear or anything. And I don't know. I mean, Isma told me that I need the hobby because I was just, I mean, I don't know. There's times where you're just like mega, <laughs> mega burned out and depressed and you're like, man... I don't want to have my the mood of my day rely on either I went 6-0 in scrims or 0-6 because then it's either like a good day or a bad Classic day. Classic pro players. Yeah. 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 So he was like, you should find a hobby, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of just decided to pick up musical instrument because I was like, okay, this is something totally random that I'll probably never do. So I, let's just do it in that sense. And for me, it was like, let's pick up something that is as hard as it can get yeah well, i was gonna say you didn't you could have just picked piano and it could have like piano you push the you push the button and it makes the good sound you know yeah. what i mean like this is hard i mean like violin is a hard I mean, piano is really hard for later on when you become like really really good yeah, at yeah, it because yeah. you need a lot of dexterity but with violin it's really hard to get into because it's like okay with guitar it's like you have tabs and you have the separation and stuff and you see where you put your fingers you know because yeah. you have like whatever it's separated nope but with this one you have nothing it's just the core there and you're like what do you know push on the string no not there like just a, a little a, bit a fifth of a centimeter to the yeah. left yeah. yeah so that's the correct note yes yeah so i was like if i'm gonna get into something that is gonna take some time or like i want to dedicate time to it might as well pick something mm -hmm. that is very hard and but like satisfying at the same time yeah yeah, I mean, I play poorly a lot of instruments. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like you have put way more consistent time into violin. When I was a teenager, I, I tried to make a bunch of shitty bands and I played bass. And then I was like, oh, I need to be able to write my own song. So I tried to play guitar. And then I was yeah. like, oh, when I got into electronic music, you do everything like visualized. Everything's visualized in terms of piano. So could I perform anything? No. <clears throat> Can I play a bunch of instruments good enough to get like one part out for music? <laughs> yeah. Because like anything I make, I play it. Everything that's not digital, I play myself. But yeah. like, um, a lot of it is like the hundred and fiftieth take combined with eight <laughs> other takes before that. Yeah. Uh, if something is too, if chords are too hard, I will play just the one chord, cut, play just the other <laughs> chord, cut. Like, oh never gosh. ask me to perform anything. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely get it. And Giga, I like a lot of respect. Giga Chadodo comes out here and does it live. Does, does it live? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I practice every day for like two years now, almost. And I just yeah, do like one hour a day every day and uh Yeah, dude. Well, if you ever need someone with a triangle, just I can give you a ding. That's my skill. Apparently your role is very important because if you if you like mess up the triangle and you like bong at the wrong at the wrong time, you just ruin the everything. You know? Oh, you know it's actually really true. Because I did that at a at a band really? competition in high school. Because <laughs> in, in high school I played percussion and there's this song called Haven Dance, and there's a cowbell. There's a single cowbell in the midst of like epic chorus buildup. Like think of like that like not quite on the level of like those orchestral instrumentals that people get hyped up to work out to, but like the same level of energy. It builds, it builds like, -da 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 -da. like trumpets are coming in. Everyone <laughs> around me is sweating their ass off. There's a single quarter note rest. Single quarter note rest where the cowbell just comes in by itself. Da -da 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 -da. Dink, late. <laughs> They've already started the next part. My band teacher has never looked more mad in his entire oh life. Oh I'm sitting God. there, oh, counting. One, two, praying you know what i mean like i'm gonna nail this like this is my time i'm gonna get it just completely whiffed just oh, completely oh wrong my god i've never had that kind of pressure i was just a kid where there's like 10 instruments on the ground pick one up and then i didn't pick one up and then it's got given the triangle so i just sat there like you guys had like instruments no. like 
because when I did music class, it was literally like, you know, you have to sing. Oh, we never got to sing, actually. We never got any instruments, so we would just be in our normal old classroom, 30 kids just sitting there. And it was massive peer pressure, you know, everyone just sitting there and you look at the guy who's in thing and everyone's like, ha, ah, you're in thing. Yeah, that's And then you horrible. have the prodigy who's like randomly smurfing, you're like, ah, shit. And then it's like, yeah. you you feel the anxiety, you know, because it's like, you. I was like usually in the last, uh, in the last uh, bench or whatever it's called. Yeah, the last bench. And you see, you know, it comes like this. It's like, it's like a little snake yeah, coming yeah, towards yeah. you. That's it's horrible. Coming to you. And I was like, oh, it's my turn. And it's like, okay, stand up and sing. And know, I was like, Because ah. you know, in the teacher's mind, they're like, look at this environment where everybody's singing and everybody's going to learn together. Yes. But in the kid's eyes, they're like, who's going to grief? Who's going to be crap? And we're going to make fun of it for them for the rest <laughs> yeah. of their lives. It's, it's so that's true. That's literally how it was. And that's why for me, it was meta. You just sit in the last, the meta. the last table. And you pray the class is over before it gets to you. Yeah. So it was always last table in the middle because it depended on the mood. If they start from the right or from the left, you know? So the only safe spot was the last, last table in the middle. Yeah. So that was the only way to dodge uh, there singing. You were. But kids Odo. are ruthless, dude. That's what I'll say. Yeah, we like, were vicious. You were vicious. Like, I, I was also <laughs> we're like cruel. a bunch of hyenas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's messed up. But good old, good old school. Respectable. Uh, this is still a League of Legends podcast. Worry not. But thought we'd take some time to talk a little bit about music, especially because I mean, I've been here like seven episodes in a row. We need yeah, to. Yeah, we go. need new content. Yeah, we, we need, need new content. <laughs> we need new content. Yeah. Are you going to spice up the content for us on this episode? Y- yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, the, boy, the boys need some wait, entertainment. When was the last the time he was here? I can't remember. It was Marvel. Marvel. He, here, right? he lives here. He's it actually, was... he sits behind, this is a fake wall here. He's yeah. actually behind the fake wall every episode, just waiting. Yeah. It was like... before Malmo with uh, with Larson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, you guys were like first or second then, weren't you? We, I think we just got Storm 3 by G2 oh, and we okay. were very depressed. You oh, know? yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then oh, you yeah. went to Malmo and you had your vacation turnaround. Euphoria wow. buff. Euphoria yeah. buff. We were just More sitting, like Malmo buff. Yeah, we were yeah. sitting here being very, very depressed and, and sad and you guys are trying to be, oh, you guys are going to do it, but yeah. you guys didn't really believe it either. No. Oh, yeah. I remember leaving that episode being like, they're doomed. <laughs> I literally, I think I looked at Mark after we had like waved goodbye to you because we were really trying to amp you up and we didn't want to like drag you down because you were already dealing with your own stuff. Like, Mark, I think they're... they're yeah, it's because it wasn't They're even screwed. like your answers were sad. It was like question. It's like, yeah, it'll it'll be okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like, it was, we were like, okay, what are your problems? And you list a problem. And it's like, so what's your plan to do that? And you're like, some problems are just problems and you can't fix them. <laughs> I mean, you can't be optimistic when you were like, you know, I think our uh, our scrim record in that split against you two was maybe something like three wins, seventy seven losses or something. Three wins, seventy seven losses. <laughs> something. Yeah, like you're, that. Over, you're obviously over exaggerating a little bit, but you didn't win any scrims. I think we didn't get into double digits. That's the thing. So I okay. think out of okay, le- okay, let's leave it at the percentage wise. Maybe our win rate was five to ten percent. That's really wow. Yeah, and then we just got some trio, and what? we're like, ah, shit. Was G two just like that in scrims against everyone? They just no, I think we just had a big ass mental block, you know. Mm, yeah. It was just like you you lost in spring, um, you have your own internal issues, everything coupled together. It just it just felt like mental block, you know. It was one of those things where you're just like you're just playing and you feel like you can't win. Yeah. So it, it was kind of sad, you know. But then trio happened, and you know, it was like we went on stage in in Malmo, and it felt like there was no uh, mental block anymore. It felt like we. We didn't really care, you know, who we would play against. So it, it, it was a very cool feeling, even if you would have lost, you know, mm. being able to to play and not have this this strain on yourself, like this mental pressure on yourself that you yeah. had the, that whole year. But yeah, that's why me and Larson were not the most optimistic back then because it was like, Ugh. yeah. Those and then you guys were also crazy. putting the graphics 
head to head, Rogue G2. Last 25 games, G2 won all of them. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And then I would see that and be like, ah, shit. <laughs> Bro, I mean, what do you want? We kept the receipts. I mean, we win, win the games. We're, we're what do you want history. from us? Yeah. We're going to build up some storylines. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's so epic when you did win. Because yeah. then it was like, you weren't supposed to. Yeah. And then yeah. you get hyped up and then you go to Worlds and then... Actually, true, because it was one of those... Usually people hate when it's 3-0 finals, but I feel like just because... If we it was three zero and G two had won, I think it would have been yeah. less obviously cool for the guys who hadn't won before on a big stage. Uh, yeah. you know, for for Flacid, um, back at that point, and even though they had won, this is obviously the big stage, right? Yeah. Um, but way cooler story when mm, yeah. the guys ultimately won. Yeah, it was insane. That said, we got to talk about this. This year. is yeah. I was like the rose tinted glasses, the fond <laughs> that was, memories. That was a good you intro. Guys remember how great that was? You remember how fun this. that was? Yeah, guys remember Let's how talk good, about yeah. winter split actually finished 10th damn this was brutal dude yeah and i wish <laughs> that you were having a, a better spring and we'll talk more about spring in a moment so we could be like but you turned it around but we're still waiting for the turnaround but like what what happened in winter that was that was tough fall from grace yeah fall from grace there's a lot of things let's start yeah. at the beginning let's start before like so you had this off season yeah you have this roster come together Yep. Did you guys have a lot of time to practice ahead of time? Were you caught off guard by how hard stage games were? Did you have higher expectations? Or did you think that there might be trouble or that this could be difficult before you guys actually stepped on stage in spring? No, I mean, we had uh, we had boot camp in December, you know, so like we assembled the roster. We went to, to London uh, at the Excel facility. We had boot camp for like, I think, two weeks. It was going okay. We were actually doing pretty good, you know. But... I feel like the reason we were doing pretty good was that everyone else was bad and there was no team play, you know? It felt like uh, I could just play, uh, I could just randomly play, get the lane lead, snowball, VTO would do the same, bot lane would do the same, everyone would do the same. And then come January, we came, we came to Berlin and all of a sudden teams are playing like teams, you know, where they're just like covering each other, clean macro, all of the stuff. Um, it just felt like we never really developed in that sense where we started playing as a team. It felt like we were still uh, relying on someone to pop off. And, you know, when when, when your play style is to, to punish mistakes, yeah. but teams don't make mistakes, then what do you punish? Because you have nothing to punish. And all of a sudden you're in uncharted waters where you're, you don't really know how to gain leads consistently, you know? And especially on stage games, I think there were like times where I said where okay, how do we, how can we consistently win games? Because even though we went 6-0 in scrims today, the way we won games is not consistent, you know? It's yeah. just someone entered, someone gripped, gave you the game, but you, it, it felt like you were practicing, but you were not really getting better, you know? You were just winning, so everyone was getting a dopamine hit from winning, and then mm. it was not replicable, because I would be like, we want today, if we play tomorrow the same team, are you going to win again? 6-0 or like whatever? How, how Would you replicate yeah. the result or the performance? And the answer would most of the time be no, you know? And I feel like that happened because um, we we really didn't take good steps or any steps at all to, to create uh, a team culture, you know? Because there are times, I think, in, 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 in winter when things were bad, I would be like, I think, I said to like the staff, you know, and like the, the boys and everyone, I would be like, 
I think uh, when we when we when we boot camped in December, even now when winter split started, I think we missed a very very critical uh, meeting or a discussion where we're like, what's our team identity? How what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What something you know to kind of get the sheeps to to walk in the same direction? You know, yeah. it, it, it felt like everyone had different ideas of of the game. Um, People were selfish to some extent, mm-hmm. I felt like. And yeah, I just think the fact that we never had this this discussion uh, of creating a, a team culture or a team identity hurt us because um, if you looked at the games, it just felt like we were just headless chickens just running around and it, it, it was it was awful, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't look at this and be like, there's any progress from from yeah. week to week because I remember in, in Rogue when... when, when uh, when uh, Seal came in, one of the first things he did was have a meeting and st- about creating a team culture and team identity, you know, and that's why we were also quite successful with the, with that roster in 2022 uh, because this is like a, a, a discussion that maybe not a lot of teams have, but I think it's, it's very important when you're going to have a whole year together to mm-hmm. kind of make sure and check in on everyone that everyone's going in the, in the right direction. And we didn't have that and I... By the time I, I I brought it up, or like by the time steps have been starting, I mean steps were being taken to to, to start to fix it. It was already yeah. like super late because you're just like brainstorming. Why are you just losing every single game? And then I was like, well, I finally pinpointed that it was this, you know. But then it was yeah. like already too late because uh, mental damage is done, all of that, and it's well, like yeah, and the, the schedule is brutal. And like yeah. we've talked about how great the schedule is in a lot of ways, but obviously the thing that we've said is like. If you're winning, it feels great and you can keep yeah. winning because the schedule is so tight and having top eight as opposed to top six is definitely nice. But if you're losing, it always feels like you're going to keep losing because it's really hard to turn a ship around once you're started in this format. Yeah. And then there was also no change in patches because, for example, um, you know, before it was like, oh, you have a good patch, you're going to win on the patch, you know, because yeah. like the playoffs is very long on one single patch. It's great, you know. But also for teams that are struggling, maybe you're better on the on the next patch and, yeah. and stuff like this. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a double-edged sword, but I think it's like, I mean, the format is is great. You know, it rewards yeah. teams for, for being good and it punishes teams for being for being bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. brutal. I mean, you only have three weeks and you only talked about turning the ship around. There was only one week to turn the ship around. So yeah. you don't really have any transition time, especially when you bring in a new player. Uh, and just alluding to the scrim culture thing that you were um that you were talking about i feel like i've been there as well where you scrim and you win games and you come out of it and that's why people say sometimes scrims are fake data because like you come out of the scrim and you win and you just win because of individuals and you're like there's no foundation there's no concepts that you've learned you go on stage expecting the same thing to happen and you look at the scrim game you're like 30 kills in the game and you know you don't really learn anything so yeah. you don't actually start putting steps in front of yourselves or, or walking forward so team cohesion is literally everything and identity is also something you know like even just being brutally honest with your players and being like you're good at this you're bad at this and this is why we're going to build a, a foundation around this is how the team will function yeah i mean and if you have a problem with that if you want to try things on screams game five we'll try it but this is what yeah. we need to work on because for example in rogue it was like you know the weak side meme and all this stuff for me it was like you know seal comes in first day he's like this is how i think the thing should work we have good weak side top laner the meme whatever you mm-hmm. know sure. but i was like for me it was like you know your job. The meme came yeah, from for, somewhere. You are excellent. Yeah. You're so for me, it was, like, it was like when the team trusts me to do this role, 
I'm not going to become a terrorist and try to break away from this role because the thing is, everyone had a certain expectation of me. You know, this is yeah. your role in the game. You'll always play this stuff, stuff like this, stuff like that. And for example, if I'm like, oh, um, I want to play Aurelia this game. All it of a sudden, it's breaks like... breaks the mold. Yeah, and it's also a lot of a lot of pressure for, for my teammates as well because uh, they're used to me playing a certain type of champion, having a yeah. certain team dynamic. And all of a sudden... It's a completely new feeling for four, four of the four of the well, other players, you know. Mm. And I also think that it's when you again when you have these discussions ahead of time because this is a topic that's been coming up so much this year. Because I think the other thing that this format does show is that like team culture is really important, and it's yeah. doubly important when you have to essentially sprint in each of these little mini splits. Um, but if you don't have this conversation ahead of time, and you want to pick Aurelia, people are going to be caught off guard, but they're not going to have a good reason, you know. Yeah. So when you, as a top laner or any top laner, says, "I get it." I agree. I accept my role as we're going to play weak side. Then it's easier because it's not blindsiding you yeah. every time your coach says, "Hey, we need you to play Orn here." You know, you can expect <coughs> yeah, that. Your teammates know and expect that. Yeah, there's like some sense or some degree of unity where everyone's just like you know working towards the same goal. And for yeah. me, it was like, yeah, why would I? Why would I get the personal ego or whatever and be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to play tanks. I want to be a superstar. And, or and I think the important thing is you at some point gotta say. And if you had at the start said and wanted to throw down your ego and say something different yeah then it could have been different and you didn't have to agree but i think the big thing is getting everyone to agree to these things ahead of time is so important because like you talked about um you know if you don't have a culture things can fall apart really quickly and also culture happens whether you want it to or not yeah. so any conversation you don't have mm. whatever happens organically is just going to become the yeah, standard like for example in in winter split um i would say that we didn't really have team culture but we kind of did have a team culture by not having any of those conversations and you know and our team culture was just up in the air i mean yeah i wouldn't be able to pinpoint exactly what it was but it was definitely well, a probably bad one you know all had different reads on it too which yeah is probably exactly someone has an opinion of what you want based a little bit on what you've said based a little bit on how they perceive you you know and that might be different for every single person on the team yeah. looking at every single other person and especially with this format of having three weeks and when you get to like week one week two week three and uh, the pressure starts ramping up. Um, people go like, you know, ballistic. They're just trying to to brainstorm how to solve issues and all of this stuff. And since you didn't have this conversation before on, uh, you know, steering the ship in the right direction, then when pressure mounts, people make a lot of bad decisions, you know, because yeah. they didn't build a foundation on how to to implement things or take decisions or make good decisions and, and stuff like this. So it definitely felt, you know, with time we were like, okay, we're starting to identify problems, you know, but we didn't really know how to solve them because we didn't have mm. the structure for it. People were not used to solving problems in that, in the way that we needed to solve problems to yeah. turn the ship around. And yeah, it, 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 it felt, you know, it, uh, I don't know, we were like, oh, we just need one win or two wins in week two or week three. And then we had like not really the hardest opponents, uh, you know, on paper. Yeah. And we still sucked. We were just not able to clutch anything just because uh, we had nothing. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like you lacked, obviously, direction identity. I mean, you think of teams like G2, for example, you know, that they're probably going to play mid-jungle into bot side. Like Vitality is really strong mid-jungle. Like sure. identity is kind of everything. I have a question about Winter, actually. Um, did you fall into the hole of... All week we're screaming one thing. We go on stage, you play something different. Yeah, there was also that because um, the the thing is, since you don't have a lot of time to to prep now, with only three days of scrims, um, a lot of times happens that um, you scrim, you scrim, you scrim. Uh, Saturday comes, uh, a new pick becomes super OP. Let's say Heimerdinger mm -hmm. becomes OP all yeah. of a sudden, you know. Uh, 
and then you're like, well, the whole week we didn't play against Heimer. We don't play Heimer ourselves because um, we just didn't think it's OP. Yeah. And then on Sunday, you're like, are you going to play Heimer? Are you going to play against him? Are you going to ban him? Even though your prep has nothing to do with Heimer. Because the thing is, you have such little time, you don't have prep, and you kind of have to seize the seize the moment in that sense to, to make a decision yeah. uh, about it. So you kind of, I feel like with this format, or at least personal experience with like winter and spring, a bit of spring, you do have to go off of the stuff that you practiced, you know? And it's also... Some teams are not able to do it that well, uh, us included, because we sucked. Um, and some people, some teams can do it like they can just first time it. Yeah, they can just they, they can just first like, time uh, it and have like you know decent re- decent results. And I feel like that's something that we struggle because uh, we just we would have preferred. Or I mean, for me as a player personally, I prefer to to not be in like uncharted waters when it comes to at least maybe my role. You know, play stuff that I practice. Like for example, mm-hmm. if the last time I played, uh, I really I was like you know a year and a half ago, um, and on the day Ilya becomes OP, I'm like I'm probably not gonna have the level of performance that I would love to have. Yeah. Uh, if I would have like played her in scrims this week, you know stuff yeah. like that. I mean, there's times where I have like first time champs. There's been like times where I first time I don't know, like Jackson to whatever Zach when I didn't ever play Zach and stuff like this, where you just feel it on the day, you know. But I feel like. With this format, you do need to go off what you practice. Otherwise, you, you get punished because there's not a lot of scrims that are happening in the week. Everyone yeah. has different ideas, different reasons. You just need to go from one day to another and decide, okay, this is better, this is worse. We need to mm-hmm. change fast. Yeah. And I mean, if you, again, this just further highlights the importance of having that foundation because if you're trying to be adaptable when you don't even know or don't even have those expectations set, that's just like all of these little things compound more and more and make it more difficult. Um, on a personal side, like I know the answer is going to be it sucked, but can you walk us through like this has got to be for you personally? This is a pretty big whiplash. Again, you go from top team sounds like an environment that was that was working pretty well. Um, our yep. best team at Worlds, our best team, best performing teams at Worlds, right? Like performance wise, but I'm just talking about behind the scenes. It sounds mm. like the environment was working well, um, especially after Malma, and now you've come in, you're kind of rebuilding, and it sounds like rebuilding not on the best footing. Um, not not to put any names or put any fault on anybody, but it sounds like as a team, you guys didn't quite get the start that you were looking for. Like, how do you handle that individually? How do you stay motivated? How do you stay like, how do you keep pushing to individually to like make this team better, to make these changes? Like, what does that feel like? How's that been from your side? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been rough. I think this is without a doubt the the hardest year I, I ever had, you know, Um even at the top, you know, being with Rogue and getting Storm 3 by G2, it, it, it hurts, you know. Um, but this, um, be not being able to find your identity and your footing and um, all the things that I've been doing in my previous teams to see them not work here, yeah. for some reason that I, I still uh, am trying to understand, It's it's been rough, you know. Um, Going from first to tenth uh, was something that I, n- I never thought would be would be possible, you know. And it's been it's been depressing. It's been huge mental strain, you know. But at the same time, the splits are so short that I I, I you you just don't have the time to process, you know. Uh, yeah. It's gonna probably hit me later down the year where I'm gonna feel like a massive burnout or something just because I've been stressing myself so much to to get the ship on the on the right direction because. Um, 
in a way, even though like my job is to to be a player, you know, um, I'm top laner for Excel, not a coach or anything. Yeah. I've been here for so long that I could easily just, you know, be a coach uh, mm-hmm. because I've been through it all in that sense. So for me, I'm also trying to take a more hands on approach to fix everything because I don't I don't want to be tent, you know, um, going from averaging higher finishes <laughs> in ABC yeah, 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 yeah. to straight up. Tent, you know, tent yeah. was a first for me. I've been like eight before, I think. Mm. But tent was, uh, it's 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 a shock, you know. It's a it's a it's a wake up call that maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe you're doing things wrong just because things worked worked in the past for you doesn't mean they will work now. Yeah, and that's something that I had to had to accept, you know, that uh, just because uh, the things that I was doing in 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 Rogue or somewhere else were working doesn't mean that they will work here so uh i i have a lot of questions you know where i'm just like is what you're doing good or is this the right approach are you doing all you can should you focus more on this should you focus less on this and for me it feel it, it, at least after winter it felt like i i involved myself i mean i took everything way too too personal in the sense where i'm just like trying to to fix everything even yeah. though it's not my burden to fix in a yeah. way because sometimes it's like you know sometimes it just sucks you're just a player you play team doesn't perform well do more yeah you just need to do your job you know and for me i I felt like i was taking a a lot a lot more from the team burden and i i felt like i kind of lost myself a bit Mm -hmm. towards the the end of the split my performance started dropping a lot you know because uh the way i was seeing i was like my level was still like at a decent level you know it wasn't like a reason i we were like losing games and stuff like yeah. this and so i was like kind of dividing my attention to to other stuff where i felt like you know if i make this better then uh we were gonna pick up wins because i know when you're like last place in lec you don't really at least i wasn't thinking in a selfish way anymore where i was like i'm just gonna play well myself and let the ship sink you know yeah. because uh i've always been kind of like all in on the team aspect and i was just like using literally every single thing every single point of my energy to fixing the team and the thing is it's just like i couldn't and it it sucked and then i was like well whenever i took these steps in the past it worked but now it doesn't work anymore what Mm -hmm. was the problem you know and it made me doubt myself a lot um it made my level drop a lot and yeah it, it was it was a really really weird uh roller coaster of emotions where I, it was like the first time ever i think after winter split in my career where i felt like you know lost or like washed up and all of this stuff because it's like for me it's also like uh i'm 28 you know and yeah. I, i'm kind of like a boomer here you know yeah, where yeah, i've been yeah. here for a long time <laughs> and you know i personally I always had this feeling where since i'm I was always kind of the oldest or almost almost oldest in LEC. I always had this feeling that people are just waiting for me to 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 get out, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're always just waiting for that gotcha moment where I'm having like a bad year or something where they're just like, ah, he's, Told you he, so. he's mm-hmm. done, he's washed. Let's get him out, you know? Uh and yeah, especially when I'm when like the average of the league is like lower in age and stuff like that. It was like also one of the things that was like, you know, on my mind where I'm like, okay, your tent, you, you the team is not going well is is this maybe your like last chance and stuff like this you know which is which is kind of a really messed up thing to to think of when considering last year was like my best year ever you know and yeah, i just wanted yeah. ec and i was like 
a big standout and stuff like this. And it's just like going from that extreme high where I feel like on top of the world to this lowest of low where I feel like people just want me out and I'm not good enough and stuff like this. It's just like, it's really, it, yeah. It, it, it was it was a very bizarre feeling for me because it was like as something that I never like struggled with or like had to deal with. And and yeah, now I'm trying to have a different approach in spring compared to, to winter because I felt like I took too much of a, a team burden on myself and mm -hmm. with time my performance started dropping and I felt like I was losing my touch in the sense where I wasn't really, you know, focusing on the right things. And as I said, sometimes if, if, uh, if the team doesn't perform uh, as well as you want it to, the best thing you can do is to kind of ignore the team and make yourself as good as possible because in that way you kind of fix the team which is kind of like yeah counterintuitive but that's also kind of the thing that worked in Schalke for us when uh when we did Miracle Run um everyone just admitted we were just like okay we're just all incredibly bad we're one in ten we're really <laughs> really shit so uh I said I said to them I mean, I'm just gonna play for myself you know this we're just all bad I feel like the best thing I can do for the team is play for myself and everyone's like okay yeah sure we're all gonna be kd warriors or whatever you want to phrase it mm. and then we started everyone doing it and all of a sudden the team became better you know because <laughs> the irony it, of it <laughs> yeah it's, it's really ironic you know where you're just like i'm just not gonna be a team player but you're making the team better by not being a team player yeah because in a way your mind goes from from this hive mind of issues or this like circle of you know doubt and issues that that you have in a in a struggling team and all of a sudden you take that inwards and you focus on yourself and then you kind of become, you know, that uh, that point of positivity that is like, you know, consistently good for the team. And then in a way, you also lead by example, you know, like yeah. if you're not part of the issue, then uh, people can focus on themselves more because, you know, there's just like not a lot of things to deal with. Damn. I mean, that's just the amount of pressure you've just described across this entire season from winter into spring now. That's that's a lot and i wish this was the moment like the calm after the storm you yeah. know mm. i wish this was the moment where we were looking back and talking about a season that turned around or that there was a miracle run but sadly like we're still, still in the in thick the of it we're, yeah. the, we're in the thick of it right now and it's yeah. like so what you've got limit this season um you've had uh Hedon come in as well as a coaching staff do you feel like the the, the path forward that at least like the steps are being taken now do you feel like excel is somewhat going in the right direction even like yeah like the the parts are falling off yeah there are holes yeah water is leaking in but it's like do you feel like it now at least that the ship is going in the right direction do you feel like you guys are taking the right steps yeah it feels like i think even in our uh in our games you can see some degree of teamwork that just wasn't there in in winter you know like our, our games look even though we're still losing our games look cleaner in the sense where it's like you know you see why you lose you're just like oh you just got outperformed as a team yeah. uh, your maybe your drake setups are bad nash you into the nash or whatever you lost early game but before the way or like the reason we were losing in winter was very inconsistent you would not be able to pinpoint and see it and say this is exactly why they're losing you'd just be saying oh they're losing because they're bad yeah mm -hmm. uh but now it feels like there is some team culture and team identity being formed uh, a bit late, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, a bit, a bit but later. It's a start. 
I mean, it, it, it's a start, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, with, with Hidon and Limit coming in, um, you know, timing was is awkward because uh, between like... Yeah, there's not a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a lot of time between winter and spring. You have like a week or a week and a half, two weeks, whatever. And yeah, I feel like they were like good additions. Um, I feel like the, the ship is going in the right direction, you know, but it's like you don't really have a lot of time to... You have a lot of work to do in such a short amount of time that it's like... Yeah, and that's also with what I said earlier, there's like so much so much stress and pressure because everyone's just freaking out because the format, you have three weeks. Because yeah. right now, the way I see it is like, for me, it's, it's if if I'm out this week, I see you guys in like two months and a half and I'm like... You're going to see us in June yeah that's that's that's, that's just it's that's just crazy <laughs> you know yeah it's not even april so so it's like i have one week to fix to fix so many issues yeah otherwise i have like two months and a half break and also on top of that is it's like we have like five points out of charity you know from winter yeah from 10th place yeah five <laughs> five championship points so even you so if you do not even zero points five yeah. so it's not even enough to be like mediocre in summer you have to be good yeah so so you have to probably win actually yeah let's let's do hypotheticals you know uh we were tent in winter well that's not a hypothetical <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a given hypothetically if we had gotten tent in winter yeah but uh, that's five points let's you... say okay let's say we get eight in uh in spring right now that would be like what 20 points 15 20 points yeah, yeah. 20 points let's say you have 25 points and then you have, let's say, SK gets like double third or double four. I don't know. It's like the teams that got points already, they get like, a, they just repeat their performance yeah. and they get like good points, you know? The, it, your destiny, other than just winning or getting maybe top two, feels completely out of your hands because the teams that are consistently placing fifth or sixth or whatever are just going to have more points. Yeah. So the thing is, if we get eighth now and in summer, I feel like if you don't get top four, mm. then you don't make playoffs. And then i'm the then i'm like the protagonist of the you worked nine weeks in, the, the, in year. the year and in then the you year. get you get paid for the full year and it's i mean it's great but it's also miserable as hell you know yeah because you're not like you're not, you're here yeah, you're to not play. like memes aside you're not here to steal a paycheck you're here because you want to win you're here because you want to be in the yeah because it's just kind of like a what's it called like a medium where i get to do what i like you know compete and stuff and i'm I, i'm kind of like blocked from from competing just because i'm like the format is like this and i'm just too bad you know yeah so i mean it's it's rough it, it, it's rough and all of this is like you know it, it, it's stressful because it's always on the back of your mind because you're like uh you want to make uh you you want to make playoffs you want to go as, as further as you can but you're like as i said if you go 10th and 8th now the 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 mental strain in in the in the little the little baby play uh, the little baby summer split the one before the, like the big playoffs is like yeah. those three weeks are gonna be a hundred times it more compounds and gets worse and yeah, worse it's, like it's, winter is like okay this uh, is tough yeah, spring is yeah. like oh shit and then summer is like you kind of like you can, you can yeah. mess it up at all well and what i'll say is damn like I didn't even appreciate, because obviously we hadn't had this discussion with you yet, how kind of doom and gloom and how stressful this could be, because it's not something that we obviously personally have mm. to think about every week, championship points, you know, it yeah. comes up when it comes up. But that's like, that's another level. And I think that, I w again, I'm waiting for the point where I get to go, Odo, here's the silver lining. <laughs> look at this thing that you can look forward to that's sick. But um, the other piece of information that was announced yesterday is that VTO is taking a step back. Um, Tim Reichardt, I think, came out and tweeted either last night or earlier this morning 
um, this is on the Wednesday when we're filming that like this was an org decision. Just yeah, to be he clear. got benched. I think yeah. he got he got benched. The back for VTO uh, dealing with some mental health uh, stuff, maybe struggling to perform a little bit. But Abadage, you know, hearts out to VTO. Obviously, Abadage now stepping in, and um, while well, absolutely go give your love to VTO because I think that is a difficult thing to deal with. I'm um, gonna think on you know all of your team obviously feeling pressure. Um, now Abadage's in. Now you've got three days. <laughs> So this feels like... I feel like Excel is just rebuilding the Schalke roster now. <laughs> it's like as much as it was with Dreams, now you've got Limit from Schalke. Yeah. You've got you from Schalke. <laughs> you've got Abadaga like, from Schalke. Yeah, this is... Um, I mean... Dude, this is wild. Like this is... I mean, if you do win, again, Miracle Run, great narratives, uh, you know, crazy like, turnaround. Like this is what they write sports scripts about. So that's a cool opportunity. I can see yeah, you shaking your head. That's though. my silver lining. <laughs> um, For me, it's just, it's just funny that there's just so many pieces of the Schalke. It's like Tim is there. Tim is there. Mert is there. Mert the is man. there. Yeah, Abe, Abe is here. Um, it is. Yeah, the I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's the Schalke ship. <laughs> here we go again. Ah <laughs> uh, shit! Here we go again. <laughs> Miracle run, baby. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's three days to to figure it out. Um, to see what we can reach because um, even, even though everything I said, you know, we we're building culture and everything, everything still felt dysfunctional yep. in that way. And, and I mean, I love VTO, VTO, VTO is great. You know, it's just like with everything I described earlier, it's just like, it's, it's, it's very rough environment. Even for me being here for so long, it's, it's tough. Uh, I, I said, it's like this, the hardest year I ever had in my, in my career. And it, it's hard because, um, there's not like you know big number of like positives um yeah. when you have to start building culture in the middle of the in the middle of the split and not mm. before the split and everything it feels like your hands are like full and you're like overwhelmed you know and i i think everyone everyone is overwhelmed and uh i think he's feeling it uh, as well um yeah. because it's like it's just a rough situation to be in but yeah now with uh, with abe is like um I, I we need to see how how it will be because uh, I mean yeah today you're after, gonna go play your first scrims with him after this yeah, podcast after yeah. this podcast is like our first day of uh, our first day of scrims in the middle of uh, spring split that sounds the middle uh, it's last week <laughs> could be the middle yeah. could yeah, be the end you don't it's know three games unfortunately so it's like yeah it's ugh. it's funny to say that sentence first day of scrims and it's last week of LEC damn so it's a lot of pressure yeah. Yeah, I mean, we need to see, but it's, uh, at the same time, it's all, it also felt like a situation where, where it's like, um, I mean, yeah, you're building culture and stuff. Things are going better, but not fast enough. So it's kind of like also one of those plug and play things where you're just like, you need to to see and try and, and, make, and make stuff work. Because in a way yeah. that also in, in Schalke, when we did Miracle Run, if you guys remember that year or like that split, people were getting benched left and right, you know? And I was just like lucky that it wasn't my turn yet. <laughs> yeah, it was Forgiven and then Inax and then Neon. Yeah, it was Forgiven, Inax, Neon, then Dreams got benched for Serbius a lot. And it was Lurox Sir and Gilius. Yeah, Lurox, uh, Gilius got benched for Lurox, Lurox got benched for Gilius after, Serbius a lot got benched for Dreams, Dreams got benched for Serbius a lot. And I think in, in, in three weeks, this, this whole juggle went on for like, 12 times. So let me ask you this about XL then. Do you think these, like this year of changes are panic changes or are they like, we actually think this is an issue, we need to fix this? I mean, there are definitely issues, but at the same time, since the format is like this, you kind of have to, you need to, to make things happen fast or you're going to crumble because mm. there's like so many times I think, like for example, what was our record in, uh, in spring? 1-8? Yeah, it One was eight, yeah. Uh, in winter. 1-8? 
there are like so many times where teams start one eight and then they pick it up and then they make playoffs. You know, exactly. there's yeah. like so many times where I think it was me when I was with Schalke and with upset and Memento. I think we were eight and one or seven and two. And we missed playoffs. Yeah, where you would be first place in uh, in uh, in this in this current format, and I think you just don't have the luxury of just sitting back, having nine weeks. Because mm. yeah. I don't know most of the teams are just bad for the first five weeks of 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 the split in the previous format, and then you start ramping up. You know, towards the end you start feeling you're like, oh yeah, we're feeling that we're gonna start, we're playing better now, and now we're just ramping it up for playoffs and all of this stuff. But yeah. now it's like. It's like boom, boom, boom. If you if you if you if you don't if you don't get in there, Insta, then so you are out. It's a trade-off of do we make changes and hope to God that things click, or do we just stick it out and hope to God that things click eventually with the team that's like not. Well, you just don't even, yeah. you don't even have the luxury anymore. Yeah. Things either stick or you have to make changes. It sounds like just because of the nature, because you don't have time. Yeah, I mean, we see it with other teams. Yeah, as well, so it was right? the same with like Astralis, Fnatic. Yeah, it was the same with Winter. You're like you made Vitality. tent. Uh, with championships points and all of this stuff are you gonna run it back in spring do you think it's gonna get better you I don't mean, know we said it on the podcast it feels like you have to make a change because you need a you kind of need a fresh start especially if the team environment isn't working um yeah. that said we're coming in to the last week you guys have koi astralis bds you are currently tied uh seventh alongside fanatic mad lions and heretics all teams at two and four um standings now behind us for those of you in youtube land who want to take a look at the overall landscape but this is a this is an intense week for you guys an intense week for some of the other teams around you and it's god it's crazy we talked about yeah. the pressure but when you look at this which which games are you looking at the most like obviously all three what games you need to find a win excel schedule who are they against Koi, astralis bds i mean i think Koi, our, astralis, strength, our strength of schedule is is easier than uh than the other teams because i think most of the teams like fanatic mad and heretics they still have to <coughs> to to face g2 or vitality yeah like, fanatic and mad both play g2 team heretics plays vitality yeah. Yep. yeah so it's like you know from everyone's perception you guys perception as well g2 and vitality are like the top dogs yeah you know even though they drop games here and there they're like consistently perceived as the top dogs so for us we only have like bds astralis koi and like bds is like you know they're consistently showing up and i think it's 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 great to see them um do so well uh given how they were doing in like you know the previous splits and stuff they're showing up and it's great um but still even though we suck um you still don't see bds you know as like the same level of uh yeah of of threat as you know g2 and and vitality because the thing is that the thing that makes bds really good is just their team play you know but the thing that makes um I mean, they also have individual star power. Like, I think uh, Crowny is, in, is insane in the split, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's popping off really, really hard. And But yeah, when you look at G2 and Vitality, it's like they have team play, but they also have, like, star power. They have, like, so many good players on the roster. Like, you yeah. know, you have upsets on Vitality just smurfing every game. On G2, yeah, you still have, like, Caps, yeah, he's just popping off. Yeah, it's he's a lot hard. It's a lot riskier and harder. And as much as like they might have same win rates in a best of one, like the chances are they're just way yeah. Like tougher. for if you if you say okay, what's your win conditions against BDS is like play better as a team, but then you say what's your win condition against G two or Vitality is like uh, just them? play good as a team, but also don't get stomped in lanes. You know, so it's like it, it, they, it, there's yeah. like more factors to think about. So for us, uh, yeah, strength of schedule seems like is there you know uh other teams have like a rougher a rougher schedule but yeah it's like everything can can happen here if we go zero three then you're probably out um it's funny because this split is a lot closer and before uh 
in winter split i think you could almost be in with like two wins three wins but now yeah, it feels like, like three it might wins be, got you a tiebreaker yeah, yeah so now it feels like it might be one of those splits where even like three wins doesn't get you in you might be yeah. like four because everything's so close yeah did you see that reddit thread where it was like possibility of a nine-way tie yeah and it was like <laughs> There's actually a possibility of eight, seven, six-way tie, five-way tie, four-way tie. There's like, a lot of tie there's a possibilities. Lot, if it go, keeps going like this, there is a possibility we've got like four or five more games to play or something. Yeah. The nine-way tie was the funniest because what happens is like the top two play a game or something and then the winner goes in, but then the rest of them get drawn into two groups of best of ones or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, messy. It's like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, I mean, like this is the thing that like you when they make a format, they put that in there because they have to recognize that it's an eventuality and they do the best thing that they can, but it's just like all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> just like at that point, you're just like, what? It's just another round robin of best of one. Yeah, and it's basically, like, it's just like, let's just play another week of the season. Yeah. Like yeah. we no longer get a break week between groups and they're just going to play another week. Yeah. Just one more week. Just We're forced to. Yeah, it's uh, it's because that's how the format works. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think that um, it'll be interesting. I think one thing that is... Uh, like probably the most important game of the week not for you but overall is mad versus fanatic as the only two teams that are kind of in the bottom here that play each other directly um like that game is just going to be massive yep. for the standings and it's really interesting because i just think that um teams have kind of been all over the place i feel like uh of the four teams currently tied in seventh you and mad have been kind of like the teams that have looked like they're struggling the most whereas i think team heretics and fanatic may be holding on to some momentum as we come into this week but so much can change in a week of scrims or with a brand new last minute substitution yeah. so who knows are we on 13.4 for the last week yeah yeah it's yeah. the same patch same patch throughout the entire thing and then we'll swap for then we swap to 13. Yeah, i can see what you mean about sorry about to interrupt the flow there but i can see what you mean about patches like everyone else is on 13.5 for like the last two yep. weeks yeah and like solo queue's been on 13.5 you like can no longer weeks. just steal from the lck or lpl <laughs> It was also the changes are pretty big with like Kennen, for example. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, like, you know, it kind of sucks you because Kennen's OP now in like, 13.5. You know, I'm just looking at this passion. I'm like, if I'm making best of three, I am popping off really hard. You know, because yeah. Kennen got buffed, <laughs> Rumble got buffed. So I'm just. Rumble I'm just, got buffed. Yeah, I think Shanji was like getting Rumble banned against him yesterday. Yeah, I mean, like, the champ's Kenan OP. Is Kennen is OP. Rumble is OP. So I'm just like, well, uh, 2014's back, baby. Let's go. And I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, no, just, like, give, just, just give me the best of threes and I, I'm playing my uh, my uh, my trademarks. You know? Yeah, Aatrox got buffed as well. It's, it's one of those, yeah it's one of those things where it's like we could suck week one or week two but previous splits if a patch gets changed and we get buffs like carry junglers off. or tank junglers come back yep. or like midi supports yeah, it's just like a little shift in the, the whole thing just gets turned around but you yep. can't do that you're just stuck with yeah what does it, it what feels like you can't really be creative because the patch has kind of already been figured out and you've been sitting yep. on it for so long you're just playing same stuff must get really like not not boring but just repetitive you know where it's like i wish i could do more but i'm stuck with the same stuff again i mean yeah i mean like Asante for six weeks yeah but it's not really like that that mm. brutal because it's not really like that long it's still like only three weeks you know and it's kind of like the same as in playoffs when you when you reach playoffs on the old format you're stuck on the same patch for like what four weeks That's true. so yeah. it's not something that is completely brand new but i guess it's brand new uh from the perspective that just like you know regular season and you were used to the yeah to the tides to the tides turning at some point but now they're just like not you know it just feels like it's one big tournament which i think is still is still cool yeah you're locked on the same patch yeah yeah i think um before we wrap for the day would love to get some big predictions because it is a big week uh odo you're making it out obviously because why would you say anything I mean, different so yeah, who's, 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 who's making going it out first? with you who's, who's going out with you which are the teams currently tied in seven? Fnatic is down there. Who, you, or, you can, or, you can phrase it, or you can phrase it in the terms of who's not making it out or the, who the two teams that won't make it. But yeah, obviously, I guys. Mean, I mean, Matt. Col wait, what was Matt last week? Matt was one and two last week. 
Mm. Mad was one and two. They beat Astralis. Oh, I think. yeah. Um, Mad is looking shaky. Fnatic's on a bounce back, which we haven't really touched on that That's much. That's also because it's bounce back because Razork is popping off super hard, no? Razork yep. was popping off. Their map play looked better. Uh, the only, I mean, there is a yin and yang for Fnatic, I feel like. Their game against Heretics, they got like a 5k gold lead in nine minutes and every lane was winning. And they basically like killed everyone on the map like twice yeah. it was nine to two and kills something but then the game went to like 40 minutes slugfest like yeah. absolute macro maniacs uh and then i think the fanatic game against koi was great but koi's draft was terrible like yeah i, I remember they it. had like oh, nar, yeah, yeah, nar yeah, yeah, yeah. tf kalista lease i mean the yeah. thing was if like they 10 didn't, minutes if they didn't win hole, the game if they yeah. didn't start winning in their yeah. lanes the game just fell apart and yeah okay i'll just say this now malrang lease is the most imposter pick i have seen because uh, he did he did smurf in finals with it no he did okay and that's i'm saying that's fine mm, but this week even miss. the game that he won looked loose hit or like, miss no, I, it, that it just did not him. hit this weekend <laughs> i'll say the mountain lee did not hit no i would argue did not hit once this weekend that's just smart in a nutshell no he's just like <sighs> it's he's a 50 sometimes sometimes yeah he's a 50, you, you get the, the psycho marang that's gonna 1v90 games but sometimes you get the, you get the, the you've the, been the there little... for a year of it haven't you you get, you get the Maorang who leaves dragon at 25 hp goes to wolf camps and dies to razork in his own jungle yeah that's rough he's a legend i mean i loved him i got i that. know i know i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to <laughs> rag on Maorang. I love Malrang too. He, he's that a was genius. A bad in my eyes, he's a genius. He's, he's just, just like a, a mad lad. Chaotic Guys, genius. You can't elevate him to untouchable genius status. He can't uh, be above criticism. Sometimes plays good, sometimes plays bad. But, but at least but plays the there. Thing. Yeah, I mean, you guys criticized him for his rune choice and stuff like this for playing first strike, and this guy just didn't care and just doubled down and first strike That's on what every I love single thing. I, yeah, and I'm not, and I'm just saying that I think that the leasing could be addressed on the koi side. They could try. I don't. I don't think that they were getting out of it what they wanted. That's what i will yeah, say yeah i mean the draft is just really i mean least in tf's good but when you're playing like yeah. kalista nar side lanes you have to get them ahead but like uh that game huge props yeah. to razork absolute turnaround i think the, the more he meows the more he plays better um and then like the heretics game was a massive step up from as much as it was terrible macro and i i didn't like the game that much the fnatic heretics game reckless and humanoids just solo carrying his carries like just the whole positioning the way they were fighting was terrible late to objectives yeah. their engage was bad but yeah their, their carries were just uh Rock solid, which was really good for Fnatic. So we'll I'm see still if they not sure back. who who gets it out. Let's say I would say that maybe us and I mean Mad is so weird, man. Mad is so they are so weird. Mad lines okay, are just so, I don't get it. This is my thing. Is is it like I feel like that team is like if El Yoya and Hillisang are vibing, that team is great. And I feel like the second they aren't able to do something, that team just does nothing, which is crazy because yeah. I really like I thought like I had a good read on this this team last season. And I thought it was a lot about like Chasey doing so well in side lane. Niski was really looking good. But like Elioya, I don't know. I don't know where the problems are coming from. But like Elioya struggling. I think Hillisang has been struggling. And as a result, Niski's not looking that great. Like this whole team just looks super, super lost. Yeah, I just think when Niski's not on uh, like a roaming champ, this team just yeah, like he's when he plays mages, I feel like their side lanes collapse. Yeah, uh, I feel like their side lanes just really inconsistent, and the reason that they like get bridged to mid game is just Niski plays like Gragas or Talia and just runs around the map, and that just like covers them. But I mean, otherwise, the good news is the meta's there. I mean, you see people playing uh, Lissandra. Some people like perks just blind picking it like a psycho, but you know. Yeah, but I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint. I don't know. Matter just. So what do you think? Mad Fnatic are bouncing back. Mad are just weird. Yeah. Heretics look Heretics, pretty bad, it, okay, I want to say. But like also... Ruby had a good game. 
Yankos is like, have you seen Yankos' stats? Yankos yeah. is Yank. Shout I, out to Yankos. I mean, that's the only reason why I want to say heretics because of because of because of brother. I'm just going to bro- read it Yannick. I have it here. Yankos this split on a two four yeah, team a in tenth place. He's yeah, yeah. first in kills per game. And this is a court where are the stats from because I think um, it's game of legends. From game yeah. of legends, first in damage. Sometimes sports calculates stats. Yeah, first in kills game, first in damage percent, first in DPM, first in gold diff at fifteen, first in first blood participation, first in solo kills, second in CS per minute, second in gold per minute, second in kill participation, third in assists per game. <laughs> And his team is last place. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, like the kind of the 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 little bit of hope that I have for Heretics, and actually, I would put I I would put Heretics as one of my teams that I think are going to make it out because while yes, uh, their bot lane sometimes looks real bad, I feel like the the Kaisa pick has been a step in the right direction. I feel like Yankos is trying to put the team on his back. Ruby had a good Ari game. I don't want to talk about Evie today because I don't have nice things to say. Because that that Scion game still hurts my mind. It was tough. That was... So does the Trinomir game. Uh, Evie's been struggling to not go in. So I think that they're figuring out... Like, he, like don't get me wrong. I think it's just been, you know, a, a rough couple weeks. And he's uh, yep. overestimated maybe his own agency in some situations. Is the nice way to put it. But I like that... I am seeing progress from Team Heretics. I am seeing better games... And while last week it was absolutely just the Yanko show, and don't get me wrong, this week it was still 90% the Yanko show. It was like 10, 15, 20% mm. other people. And I think that yeah. that is like, that's a kind of momentum that I think can, okay, can help them going me. forward. Okay, it's Excel and Team Heretics. It's Excel and Heretics. Yeah. Fnatic, I can't bet on. Like, I, I'm really happy for them, and especially Hop. After last week, we kind of, we said like, this is a terrible time to debut in an organization. I'm really happy for Oscar and then he did a great interview with Frankie talking about Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, like really good to talk about himself. And I think like I want obviously to see these players do well, but I can't I can't really bet confidently on Fnatic. I would actually say the only team that I feel good about right now is Team Heretics, which feels very weird, but the Yanko show is real. Interesting, yeah. really. I would say the last one feels hard because <laughs> believe it or not, Odo has not inspired a lot of faith in Excel yeah. with your discussion on your team. Yeah. In the long run, I respect that you recognize your issues. I think that like there's a chance for you to turn it around and miracles do happen and maybe Abba comes in, you guys pop off in scrims and you're just like vibing. I, I mean, not- I think it's going to work because um, it's just like, I mean, I didn't touch on it earlier, yep. but it's just like a completely different dynamic yep. with um, with style from like Abba to, to BTO because when I played with Abba in the past, it felt like he's kind of like the same profile as Larson yep. in that sense where VTO, unironically, someone more similar to Lidder in, in, in that sense, where they're just like, you know, AD, bruisers, melee, psychos, stuff yep, like this, yep. you know? And you kind of, when, when you're bad, you kind of need easy League of Legends. Yeah. And like control uh, front to back, scaling, easy tank top. Yeah, front to back, easy tank top. Because it's like, it felt like the games were better for us when we did that. But then we had the little, we had the draft against Heretics where we just decided to have a full AD versus Cyan 500. But you've done armor. that twice, I think. Your yeah. Comes. Yeah. You so into that a lot, yeah, we did. We did do a little, a little bit of oopsies with that one, you know. And I mean, it's like a team thing, you know. It's not like there's nothing to BTO that he wants to play this because the thing is, yeah, we, yeah, everyone knows. We all know agreement. that. Yeah. When we go into meetings and we say that we think this is good, and then it fails, we, there's no one to blame but ourselves, you know. Mm. And uh, yeah, maybe now there's a dynamic shift in in, in that sense. Maybe everyone has an easier job. Uh, filling in and i'm i'm like confident in it you know mm. that uh we get a, div- a shift in dynamic and things are gonna be a bit simpler for us to play in that yeah. sense so yeah i mean i also we'll just wait and see oh you have to wait and see and i think the 
the most actually like the craziest part is i think i'm trolling not to put fanatic or matt in because they play each other so one of them uh, has to win but it's and oh. it's no flame but literally like your schedule is koi astralis bds and any other season i would have said oh astralis bds whatever but everyone's pretty good like yeah yeah koi griefed that draft but like mostly koi have looked better i look at team heretic schedule it's astralis vitality sk vitality sk are two of our best teams astralis is also looking like pretty good so mm. i feel like we should all fanatic or mad heretics and fanatic or mad are getting in they're guaranteed to unless like unless everything gets turned upside down next week one of them will get to three wins purely on the merit that they face each other which is crazy it's like the most favorable schedule you can possibly have excel and mad i think it'll be fanatic and excel yeah i mean the thing is is i think that like the big thing for me is uh, I don't always know what to expect from Astralis. I think that their win versus Vitality, obviously they played well. I love the Aurelian Soul. I think Vitality made some questionable things. BDS have been having sick early games, but they've been throwing a ton. Um, and Koi, I don't know what version of Koi we're going to get. And so it's like yeah, the so only thing I know for sure in this schedule, just based on the schedule, because I don't, I don't 100% trust any of these teams and i'm skeptical now about yeah. heretics just because their schedule is so rough yeah, but everyone's schedule is really rough you know no because fanatic and mad play each other it's yeah the i know only i know but whoever thing. let's say it's like the only good thing in this schedule let's say you're mad okay you yep. won against fanatic you yes. had three wins now you play g2 and sk doesn't matter i feel like that's really hard doesn't matter but <laughs> until until xl wins a game heretics win or heretics wins a game doesn't matter yeah literally doesn't matter if you beat fanatic you're in until one of those other teams can beat their opposition True. you're smooth sailing True. this is such a cursed final week yeah this is such a nightmare all right so who's your money on he said uh wait you changed it you said excel and i said excel and mad go on then what do you reckon i, I think i'm saying excel and fanatic i fanatic no yeah fanatic i like i think that mad should be better but I think that Fnatic have momentum, and I think when you're this far down, that really matters. And I think that momentum, I, I love I, it. You, I you mean, XL but you the, know, like if you guys had just won three games and we're fighting for top six, you play way better next I, week. I think XL is the easy guess, um, not just because you're here, obviously, but you play BDS, Astralis, Koi, right? So your schedule is like you're out of. Guess, it's not easy, right? But they're out of the I mad Fnatic that, loop, and they're out of the Heretics facing. Um, the Heretics facing. I mean, it G, makes uh, sense. Vitality and SK. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I don't, I'm Would not you rather to... play against Vitality SK or like No, no, they need to beat one team. Which one team are they beating? That's my point. They need to beat one team, maybe two teams, depending gonna on beat how well. They're going to beat Koi. Odo Amne Chad beats his old team. Koi That's the thing. And then Easy. Koi are the ones that get knocked out. Yeah. Because like strength of schedule matters, but Spicy. in this context, you Spicy. only need to beat one team until other teams also beat one team. Yeah, it's weird. Which is crazy. It'll be fun. So that's what I'm saying. They're going to beat Koi. That's your prediction. Uh, they'll pro yeah, I think they'll... Uh, uh, Wait, no, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to say Excel, I'm down. I'm willing oh no, to follow. Who are you going to beat? Koi Excel? Koi Astralis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just holding you to it, bro. I need you to make an actual statement here. Um, I think they're probably going to beat Astralis. Astralis and Koi. Astral no, not Koi. I think, I think MBDS, Astralis. Then you're, then you're chilling. I, I feel like Astralis is the one team that you probably If beat. you beat Koi, I think it's probably because... Koi outdraft themselves, to be completely honest with you. They try something that they shouldn't be trying. Because, mm. like, Koi mostly, I think, are pretty consistent. I could see you getting an angle. Maorang can, like, the thing is, Maorang's very, like, you know, hit or miss. So, Maorang can miss I or think, draft can miss. And I think those are the easiest yeah. ways for you to Koi win. Not that you can't outskill them in some capacity, but those are the safest things to bet on. BDS throwing seems likely because, to be honest, they could be 6-0 right now. They've, they've basically thrown two games. 
Um, but Astralis, I think they're like, I think Astralis have probably one of the best bot lanes in the entire league. Like Kobe Jonghoon is just like, Kobe they is are unbelievable good. so far. 1-1-3 and Leader are still figuring their stuff out. I think Astralis is the most likely win, actually. Yeah. I, I, I think, think if, I think you beating Astralis, if Excel are going to get in, I think it's the Astralis win. Is the, is the one that's the easiest to see, where I can see parity, where it doesn't feel like I'm betting on someone else misdrafting or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Last thing I think we should say is top two. Then top two. Who do you reckon is top Vitality two? Vitality and BDS are playing each other, which is going to be big. Again, I BDS are struggling. I for just me, think, I think SK BDS been... is so good. What do you What do you think of SK? I just think they're. I don't know what it is about them, but they're just. Every game I watch from them looks like they're. You know how he talks about identity. I just yeah. think that it's there. They yeah. just have like a clear game plan every game. Yeah, that's the thing for me. Like SK is like Exakik is is not ESL. You know, he's nutty. really yeah. He's, <laughs> he's really good. he's really good. Uh, so for me, that's their clear win condition every game. But for me, the way I saw SK even in in winter and now is like. They're literally the gatekeepers. Are, do you play as a team? Yes. Then you can beat them. Mm. Yeah. Do you not play as a team? No. Then you're going to get stomped, you know? So yeah. for me, them is literally like, they are literally the, the, the what's it called? The, the mark where yeah. they're just like, the benchmark. you must be this yeah, the good. Benchmark. You, need, yeah. you need to be this good. Uh, you need to, be, to have this level of team play to beat them. I feel like if you're a team, you should beat SK because... But your, I mean, right now they're in a four-way tie for first. So you're basically telling me that most of the teams in our league are just like not playing like teams. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Really? That's, that's, so. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like you have teams like BDS and SK. I feel like they're just beating the life out of you because they're just like teams that don't, uh, they're beating teams that don't have like a, a clear set identity and cons they're consistently good mm -hmm. and have replicable ways of winning early game. And I think they do because they do their homework. Uh, the players are playing well together and they're getting, as I said, consistent leads. But when you look at Heretics, Fnatic, Excel, Mad Lions, Koi, Astralis, these teams, a lot of time, they don't have reliable ways of getting their leads. You know, it feels it feels flippy. Yeah. And that and that's why for like winter and spring as well, you have SK and BDS at the top of the standings because they're just mm -hmm. reliably getting leads because they're playing well together and they have a clear set identity. Do you think that... Damn, that's something you. that's common that's in Europe uh, over the last few years. And then the sudden realization of that lack of identity only hits you when you go to international tournaments. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because for me, this felt like a new thing th okay. this year. Right? I felt like this is just one of the random years where you have BDS and SK at the top and everyone's wondering why. But I just feel like roster, the way rosters are made everywhere, there's like glaring issues yeah. everywhere. I, I, so I think that's the big thing here. Mm. Not to just extrapolate to international, because I think an international comparison is valid. Even if I mean, in international, it's like Europe is just mismanaging their tops very, very hard, and then you just get stomped because yeah. tops are betas in that sense. And I'm a beta as well in that sense, where, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not assertive enough to say I don't want to play. I mean, in Rogue, honestly, I did say at the beginning of the day, I said, fine, I will play tanks and stuff. But I do know that when it comes to Worlds, all of a sudden, everyone's going to be like, oh, top laners are super OP. And we're going to go to Worlds and we're not going to know how to play around top and we're going to suck. And yeah. that's what happened. But I think domestically, I think that in years past, you could get away with less, let's say, precise or less good roster construction. Yeah. Because like you said, you have time to be bad. And you yeah. have a lot of moments where the patch changes, where you kind of get a little bit of a chance mm -hmm. to reset. You get much more practice time than you do stage time so it feels like you get a lot more opportunities to figure your shit out whereas like if you told me three weeks into or whatever the equivalent would be at this point like four or five weeks into the season 
that SK were a top team or a team, let's just say, because I don't want to flame SK here, they're doing great. Let's yeah. say a team that didn't have huge star power, yeah. you know what I mean, was high up in the standings. We saw that shit all the time. Yeah, it was. You had good practice. Misfits. You were working well together. Yeah. You knew the patch well. And that was the momentum you needed to have mm. a good first couple of weeks. Yeah. And now we're, what I used to see that as was like, ooh, Band of Brothers, they're getting along, they're fine. You know? And now what I see that is, is like really good, actually just good team construction. And in this, yeah. in this, and good um, staff. In this format, it is super rewarded. And I think that like the old way or some of the ways that rosters probably have been built, because I'm not an expert because I haven't built a roster, are starting to blow up in people's faces. I think that like there's teams are now learning on the fly, mm-hmm. like probably how backwards in the past some of their roster building habits have been or their team building habits have been. Yeah, exactly. Because they just never got exposed in the past. They could show up for four weeks and not do anything. Yep. And then by the end of the eighth week, have it figured out as long as they were ready for playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the big thing that I feel like was happening now because, yeah, BDS and SK are, are really good, you know. They're like, it, there's there's no shame being like a benchmark, you know, because it's like everyone, if you're being a benchmark over six other teams, then that means you're a really good team, you know. Yeah. And they're great. I, they've been doing stuff great. Their staff is great at building, you know, identity, culture, yeah. all of this. And it's something that everyone should do or like try to implement, you know. And it's just like, yeah, they're just punishing, they're just punishing noobs. That's honestly how I felt in I felt in winter. SK and BDS are just are just winning against noobs. Yeah. Because eight seven teams in the league were noobs. Mm. That's how it felt like. Damn. So now we're down to six teams are noobs. <laughs> yeah, because Vitality got upset. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won the offseason. There you go. Yeah, they won the offseason. They won yeah. the offseason. The one week offseason. Jesus. Respect well, that's true. Them. They do look a lot different. Yeah. Maybe maybe Excel can win the on season with the mid mid <laughs> midterm roster squad. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. Abadage coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faker Dage oh, being Faker Dage. Faker Dage just comes in 3-0 a week, Giga Chad playoffs. Yeah, that would be insane. Yep. So I'm going to say... Is that what we're holding out for? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm telling it. you, I'm, I'm ending first this, this split. Yeah. I, I'm saying... <laughs> uh, so I think top two is going to be... XL G2. XL G2. No, I think uh, probably mostly impossible, sadly, for top two. Nah. I'll give you top eight. <laughs> thanks maybe uh, <laughs> i haven't decided yet let me think uh i think g2 vitality are the clear top two in strength even if it doesn't manifest in standings it's all a flip it's all kind of a flip it's all a flip uh, i think for vitality the bottom first last split i bottom. honestly will say i don't i cannot in good faith predict any team other than Fnatic. and the only reason i can predict Fnatic to make it out is because they play mad <laughs> and that's so cursed i know that's so unfair but like it's absolutely a flip It'll this week. It's, it's a wild week. Mad vs. Fnatic is on day one. Vitality vs. BDS is the other big banger for the uh, top of the table where teams in that competition play directly against each other. Mm-hmm. Odawamne, with his new mid laner, Abadage, will be playing against Koi, Astralis, and BDS. It's going to be a sick, high stakes, very yeah. stressful, very intense week of League of Legends. At the end, two teams will be eliminated. Eight teams will go through for groups. There's a week off after this um, where I don't think we'll be making a podcast episode. We'll no. be back for after that for groups. So. No. Uh, good luck, Odo. Yep. I thank hope you. I hope you don't have to take a, a two month vacation. Yeah. Hopefully it's just MSI off, or maybe you go to MSI. You know, let's let's ma- let's let really I make mean, a miracle run happen. I'm, I'm ending first in the split, so <laughs> may the Forge Gods be with you. Yeah. Yeah. May the gods <laughs> hint, of hint. may the hint, may the hint. may the blind pick may Faker Dage Forge come God. down from the skies and Gucci Dage disappears. <laughs> yeah. May you draft scaling and weight in every game <laughs> until they outplay themselves, Odo. <laughs> May the dragon fights be ever in your favor. (laughs) 
Good luck, brother. Yeah, thank good luck, you. Thank you. Good luck to all the teams this week. It's going to be an absolute banger again. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, final what? week of the regular season for spring. Two teams will be eliminated before we move into best of threes. Be there. We'll be back with more Euphoria content before we head into groups. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.